0: As if the McCrispie couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispie, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the family. Here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wijan Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pod MN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, <laughs> Amazon Music. I could go on forever. Stitcher, double twist. Thank you always and forever for downloading and listening to this show. It is a gigantic pleasure to do this every week. During the NFL season and all the way up to the Super Bowl, of course, I'll take a week off during Pro Bowl week and Minnesota Vikings bye week. Year in and year out. It's good that I'll be uh, going through the whole season without missing a show once again. Occasionally, I'll miss a show just because circumstances are just too much. But this year, looks like it's going to work out. Thank you, Lord. And we got a Christmas Day show coming up next week. I'm scouting next week's opponent. I'm scouting, and I'm doing double duty, you know, for Christmas day. They're playing the Chiefs right now. I actually predicted this to be the Super Bowl a year and a half ago, and then it wound up being uh, you know Chiefs versus Niners, and yeah, okay. Well, bottom line, let's talk about the Vikings and Bears instead. As uh, entertaining as the game could be at times, it, the, 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 uh, the Vikings lose to Chicago in U.S. Bank Stadium, thirty-three to twenty-seven. <laughs> and it's sad because thirty-three and twenty-seven had a pretty good day today. You know, Dalvin Cook and Cam Dantzler. Yeah, they had, they had a pretty good game today. I thought so. They could have won the game, I guess. But, uh, I don't know. The offensive scheming is uncreative most of the time. Sure, you have a running back that can outrun anybody. He can run through this. He can run through that. But he's not going to last forever. A Good thing he got his paycheck. That's all i got to say about that and for his sake. Because he was making like just over a million a year being a second-round pick. He wasn't making a whole lot. So, good for uh, Delvin Cook to actually get some money throughout his career for uh, what a damn good player he is. But if you overuse a guy, we all know what's going to happen when you overuse a running back. They just don't last. It's uh, The running back is the NFL. The running back is, is the NFL, not for long. <sighs> Vikings lost to the Bears. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know. Maybe he is for real. I don't know. Or is it just the Vikings' defense is so depleted that we can't stop anybody anymore? Or is it the offensive line is just so terrible and the inside that there's nothing you can do? At least certain players are terrible. It's sad because Cleveland's pretty good. He's been playing right guard. He's back healthy the last couple of weeks here. Dozier had one of his worst games, unfortunately. He just wasn't good. Uh, Reef was, you know, Reef has had a pretty strong year. I can't say this was his best game of the season. And O'Neill is what he is, an outstanding uh, right tackle. Bradbury is what he is. He's pretty good most of the time, but sometimes, uh, sometimes he's awfully mediocre. I wouldn't say it was his worst game or anything. though <laughs> those were mostly last season. Vikings run defense is just gone, it's gone, you know, I mean, and again, you want to just say they suck, they suck, they suck, but, well, there's not a whole lot going on, unfortunately, in the middle, you know, I mean, there's just not a whole lot going on, uh, Odenigmo's not having a good year, and he's one of those kind of guys where he gets the opportunity to start, and, well, he, uh, isn't as good, Jaleel Johnson just has not been that good either, Jaleel Johnson has not been anything special, you got to see Tanker Slay play, Tanker Slay, Cordia, no, Cordria, Tanker Slay get upgraded from the uh, practice squad, that was exciting, I guess, Anthony Harris has been mediocre all season, Todd Davis probably had his best game as a Viking, big third down stop with a pass deflection, and he got a stack, I like Todd Davis today, he's pretty good, you know, he's pretty good, Yep, Gladney actually got burned today, which was kind of disappointing and heartbreaking. Dancer was generally really good. And he got an interception, pass deflection. Very good day for Dancer, and everybody loves him. DJ won him generally solid. Um, I don't know. Only one sack though. On Mitchell Trubisky, and he was he was decent though. The interception he threw very late, which gave the Vikings a golden opportunity to to actually win the game. You know, maybe go for a game winning drive, and then yeah, you know, we all know what happened. The Bears are now 7-7, seven and seven, and the Minnesota Vikings are now 6-8, and eight. and with, uh, you know, you have to go, you have to beat the Chiefs, or excuse me, you have to beat the Chiefs, you have to beat the Saints and the Detroit Lions. Now, being the Lions is possible. Being the Saints, I don't know. They don't exactly look spectacular at the moment, but consider who they're going up against. I mean, who are who are, who are they playing? They're playing against the team they would have lost in the Super Bowl to last year if that just happened. Wow, that was something. Pat Mahomes just, uh, got the ball batted out of his hand for what would have been a fumble, and yeah, interesting, and the center recovered the ball, and uh, okay, it's complicated, but covered the ball and went forward, I don't know, there's a flag, it's terrific, wrong game, right, yeah, I'm I'm scouting next week's opponent, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, we only see the Saints like every year and stuff, they might as well be in our division, Kirk Cousins was fairly efficient, and the interception, of course, was the final play of the game, and Josh Blank, cursity, cursity, cursed. It was frustrating and and sad, and I don't know. Delvin Cook was absolutely spectacular, though, against one of the best-run defenses in the NFL. I mean, he is really a son of a gun. Five and a half yards of carry, 20 long. David Montgomery, it was just hand off the ball and go, go, go. Mitchell Chbisky was just kind of every time he wanted to get his feet moving, he looked like Aaron Rodgers with his feet, not with his arm. Okay, he looked like that with his arm on occasion, too, in the earlier parts of the game. In the later stages, it was just the Vikings' run defense couldn't do anything about it, and the Bears had the lead. Uh, Vikings had golden opportunities to come back and win this thing like the Carolina game. It would have been kind of similar because Teddy blew it. Uh, Golden opportunity, just overthrew the guy in the end zone. Bad throw, inaccurate. Um, And in this case, uh, Mr. Chabisky underthrew the ball slightly. If anything, in the situation late, you want to overthrow the ball a tiny bit or, you know, sail it in, so to speak, It just wasn't an accurate throw. Uh, He just didn't have enough uh, arc on on the throw. And if it's incomplete because it's too far away, so be it. It didn't get intercepted. You just threw it away and you get another chance. Maybe a kick of field goal and go up by whatever, go up by six. But then the way the Vikings blew it on fourth down and gave it right back to the Bears multiple times in the game, I might add, because we just absolutely had to force our way through and be predictable the Bears were able to just kind of stuff us in both occasions and, you know, give the Bears three points, basically for free, going for it early in the game, which I didn't understand. It was at the second quarter. The Vikings went for it on their own 34 and failed and gave the Bears three, luckily, only three. But uh, with the way this Bears offense is moving, you can't get too cocky about, oh, we'll stop them. You can't get too cocky about that. And, of course, the way their kicker is kicking, unlike Dan Bailey last week. Santos would be a spectacular fantasy kicker, wouldn't he, right now? (laughs) Dan Bailey made chip shots all day. He made everything. He made two kicks and three extra points. Now, extra points are, what, 35 yards out, so it's not as easy as it used to be. What did it used to be? About 20 yards or so, or 21 yards, whatever the hell it was. Something like that. It was, you know, they're a little bit harder, but 35 is still pretty small. Um, It's funny, you know, both field goals Dan Bailey made (laughs) in the low 20s, so... Hey, you gotta start somewhere right? I mean, it's like <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. imagine you're a you're a basketball player or something, and you know you've been struggling, you've been shooting like three for sixteen or whatever. you've just been stuck in so bad, so you work on that little you know you just shoot the ball from the little circle, you know in front of the free throw line, about five feet or so in front of the free throw line, and just shoot from there. hey, he, he made all of them there you go, all right, next week we'll go to free throws. <laughs> I'm happy for him, though. Believe me, I am happy for Dan Bailey. There's no reason to root against him. Now, of course, people are looking at him as uh, multiple guys, like, oh, he's a he's a he's a he's a porn guy, you know, because he's got the he's got the mustache going, and he could say he looked a little bit like Freddie Mercury, also a little bit. So <laughs> go with whatever you want to go with there. Obviously, very talented singer and awesome music with Queen, but you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, interesting, funny stuff there. Uh, He made his kicks, though. I mean, good job, Dan. Regardless if he has a mustache or he doesn't have a mustache, you know what, so what? Yeah, let's stereotype. How about let's call him the Micro Machine Guy, then, instead. That guy was was cool. Loved his, uh, he was the fastest speaker in the world, basically. Cool stuff. I don't know. That's what kind of game it was. Very entertaining moment. Sorry for snapping my lips. I know somebody out there hates it, and I'm sure other people hate it as well. Maybe that guy left a long time ago because, uh, I don't know, I don't know. People listen to the show, but there's less and less interaction on the page, and the number for likes keeps gradually dropping. I don't know what I did, but maybe it's just interest in this team right now. Uh, Tyler Conklin the past couple of weeks has been awesome, hasn't he? Irv Smith, not really awesome like last week. Now, he made three catches out of the four, but what was the fourth one? It was a touchdown. That's what it was. And he dropped it. It was right in his, it was right in his, uh, it was right in the oven, basically. The bread was in the oven. It looked like the ball might have been deflected, but on further review, it was not deflected. He just, fuck it. He just bleep and dropped it. I almost cursed my, I almost cursed there, so my pauses. <laughs> he almost bleep and dropped it. He just bleep and dropped it. And, uh, <laughs> damn it. Um, man. And then, of course, you know, ah. Uh, well, Conklin looks good, though. I mean, his turn and go into the end zone, that was a great play. And, of course, the 30-yard play as well, big-time stuff. Uh, he's hes fast. He's pretty fast. And the fact that he can actually catch the ball, unlike last season and, and the year before, when I was really frustrated, thinking, what the heck is he even here for? You know, I guess I, I guess he can block. He's one of those guys, you know. And like how David Morgan was a good blocking tight end, and then he became a lot more than that. Pretty good player. You know he could do a lot of stuff as I just block and Conklin can do a lot of stuff. He's pretty good. I I I like him. He's a lot better than that crazy guy who thought he was going to be legendary, a few years back. The guy with the big long hair. He looked like a yeti or something. <laughs> he looked like Bigfoot. I don't know. Just a lot skinnier, I guess. And I mean he was skinny, but uh, Tyler Conklin's good. Tyler Conklin, thumbs up. He's not going to be any Fran Fran Award or anything, but he might have been the way he was going. The way he was going for a minute there. Uh Alexander Madison, you got to see him for a couple seconds, uh because they just don't use the guy. Uh he made one catch for fourteen yards and he made one run for one yard. One run for one yard. Can we mix it up with Madison a little bit? He's not that bad, okay? You know, I mean if if Cook can run for five and a half yards with this uh run, you know, with, with the run blocking, which is pretty decent, unlike the pass blocking today. I mean uh, Mix it up a little bit. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. As great as Delvin Cook is, remember what he is. He's not, he, he he's a human being. He's not a machine. Now, David Montgomery, they just went all out with the running there. 32 yards, but of course, again, it was literally like five, six yards a carry for the guy. One up with 4.6 because things got limited a bit. But hey, if he was on your fantasy team, you'd be dancing on the clouds right now. 146 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's that is outstanding play by your fantasy running back. If he's your second or third running back, you are dancing on the clouds. If he's your number one running back, you're still dancing on the clouds. Because, I don't know, I don't think he'd be your number one unless you really went away from running backs. Um, Years ago, I went ape bleep with it, and I still remember Marcus, the forecaster, an old friend of mine that I almost never hear from anymore, yelled, Joey, I told you to stop taking running backs! (laughs) It was so funny, because I just kept doing it. (laughs) I went way overboard, and that was stupid. I remember not doing well that year. And, I don't know, so many reasons why I quit fantasy football. But I still play fantasy hockey, basketball, and baseball. That tells you how I feel about fantasy football. You know, I've got rings in hockey and baseball. Basketball, I got one like a million years ago. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me there. But football, I had three. But um, a long time ago. Back in the day, let's just say if you're my age, your kids are probably, yeah. If you're about my age and you were you had kids at like a reasonable age, you know, you weren't like 30-something, your kids are in high school. The last, you know, the kids that were born the year I won the championship would be in high school already. So let's just leave that as is. <laughs> it's been a while. But in hockey, yeah, you know, it'd be a newborn pretty much. So wink, wink, hunt, uh, wink, wink, there. No one cares. I apologize. Um, I don't know, it just was a typical Viking home game in one of those stupid years, one of those stupid bullcrap seasons, where you're not terrible, you're not good, you're just not reliable, it's just uh, the same old thing, you know, it's just the same old thing, and uh, what else can I say, yay, we beat the Bears in Soldier Field, and then we can't beat them here. And, yeah, there's no fans and blah, blah, blah. And you can't win a home game for your life this season. You can't even beat Atlanta at home. That's what kind of season it's been, man. That's what kind of season it's been. Obviously, you got wallet by Green Bay to open up the year, which made things obvious it wasn't going to be a fun season like last year could be. There's fun moments. There's been fun games when you have offensive threats. And Delvin Cook is stayed pretty freaking healthy this year. He gets banged up, but generally he stayed healthy. He's got sixteen touchdowns on the season, which, you know, I mean that's that's a Hall of Fame level running back right there. You got a potential Hall of Fame level receiver if he comes back next year and continues the path he's on and you keep, keep being able to get him the ball and all that. I mean, it's not like we're denying him numbers, but we're denying him big moments. We're denying him big plays. We're just kind of looking for the run or the check down. The run or the check down. The run or the check down. Kirk Cousins is too scared to make a mistake because when he gambles, he loses. And the coaching staff is run, 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 run. And after that, just run again. And I don't know. When you get too predictable, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. I mean, watching Justin Jefferson explode down that field make those big plays. It's so much fun. Uh, I say keep utilizing it. He did get to the century mark today, 104 yards. He was targeted 11 times, which is not a low number. That is your starting, you know, that's your top receiver. Adam Thielen was only targeted three times. Can you believe that? But but one of them was a touchdown early on that got things rolling. That was the first really good uh, drive of the game for the Vikings, and it felt awesome. Felt awesome. Tied the game up, actually. Uh, with about five minutes left to go in the first quarter. We felt fine. Like, we'll be okay. And then, of course, Cairo Santos has made, what, how many in a row? Like, 22 in a row now. I remember Bailey was on a streak, I believe, last year into this one, wasn't it? And then you consider how awful he was against Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. A couple of Florida, Florida teams, like retirement homes. Now, Jacksonville's more Hickville. is more of a retirement more of a retirement kind of place. Old-time old, old time people, you know, moving to Florida from from New York or Philadelphia or something, <laughs> or Minnesota. Um, there I go, snapping my lips. I can't break habits sometimes. It's just a creature habit. The Vikings are creatures of habits also. Um, you get excited beating Green Bay and other games like that. And then, you know, it's just... I don't know, you feel positive the way we beat the Bears in Soldier Field, even though it was a terrible game. It was a terrible game. Let's just be honest. Both teams stunk. And then, I don't know. And then you get in a shootout with Mitchell Trubisky and you lose? Okay. And you lose. (laughs) Because, again, you can't stop the run. Obviously, your defense is depleted, but the play calling was not that great. And, of course, the pass protection was not good enough. Cousins had to gamble and get rid of the ball or throw the ball away, and then, of course, take the sack. Luckily, he was able to recover a ball that could have been a fumble loss, and it wasn't a fumble loss. Uh, I don't know. It's just the whole thing's sad and disappointing, and it just kind of chalks up to it's kind of like a 2016-2018 type of year, basically. I mean, we'll be 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, probably 7-9 and nine with the way things are going, Cause I'm sure the Saints are going to be chasing hard and for today's loss, because I don't think they're going to win today. I doubt it. I don't think they're going to win. Chiefs are going to be like 15 and 1, I think, and then and and then they'll choke in the playoffs. <laughs> watch. Watch the Chiefs choke in the playoffs. Okay, I don't know. This is the <laughs> in the past, in the past, if Patrick Mahomes wasn't the quarterback and they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, I would pick the Chiefs 10 out of 10 times to choke in the playoffs. Let me tell you about that one. I mean <laughs> uh Marty Schottenheimer, remember? Remember Marty Schottenheimer when he took Rich Gannon out. He had them in the AFC title game versus the Denver Broncos in 97. Puts Elvis Gerbach in. I mean, a legitimate backup quarterback for a guy who, you know, Rich Gannon, who before that wasn't as highly touted with the Vikings and all that, and the Chiefs and the and the Redskins it was at the time before that. But clearly, it was a much more dynamic quarterback than Elvis statue can't do anything Gerbach. Elvis bleeping Gerbach. Ugh, the only thing interesting about Elvis Gerbach was what? His first name. That's it. I mean, everything else. <laughs> everything else. There was nothing about Elvis Gerbach that told you starting quarterback, future star. Just because he was backing up Steve Young with the 49ers when they won the Super Bowl in '94 does not mean it's a great. It does not mean he's a great quarterback as well. You get lucky sometimes. You know, Steve Bono. They tried to Steve Bono in Kansas City. Also, it's kind of funny, actually. The only guy who didn't go to Kansas City was was <laughs> was Steve Young. Montana, Gerbach, and Bono all went to Kansas City. And, well, they got beat. I remember Bono's team, what were they, like 14-2, and two, and they got beat by the Colts, by uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh, kind of cool, in uh, 95. Great record. Got beat by, you know, that was the 95 season, but 96 playoffs. See, I'm just going off. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, that's kind of that, my vibe now. Um, yeah, that was the Chiefs, though. Seriously, Montana took them to play the uh, Buffalo Bills in 93 and got beat, unfortunately. And, the <laughs> and of course, the Elvis Gerbach here. Yeah, that was just lousy. And I was happy to see Denver win because I screw Gerbach. Go, go Elway, man. I wanted to see him get his first title and beat the Packers because the Chiefs would not have beaten the Packers in the Super Bowl in 97. I hate to tell you. Don't think so, but Denver did. That was great. <laughs> that was great for everybody in this town. Yeah, for the most part. Unless you actually cheered for the Packers for some reason. But, I don't know. I didn't like the Patriots back then at all. I hated Bledsoe, so. Co-Packers in 96, I guess. Ugh, famous last words. Um, famous last words were, Vikings should be fine today against Chicago. Famous last words. You know, even though the running game worked, for the most part, and Cook was spectacular, the offense just was not, I don't know, it just sputtered when you needed it most. And it always does. Third and... Third, uh, you know, third and long or whatever, and of course it's going to be Kirk Cousins is running away, and he's going to get sacked, or he's going to have to chuck the ball in the ground, and it's just the same effing thing every time, the same freaking thing, and that's kind of why I'm talking about the Chiefs in the '90s for some reason. Why? I, why I went off in that? I guess it's because I'm just watching in the background a team that finally got finally got over the bleeping hump when they were the Vikings of the AFC. All these gaudy records. But they always had the mediocre quarterback who couldn't get them to the, to the championship. Then there he is. Number 15 over there. Love him, hate him. I don't think there's any reason to hate him, but dislike because maybe you don't want them to win another title. You know, you don't want Nobody likes dynasties that much. You want someone else to win sometimes, but we'll see. Um, but you get over the hump. You get over the hump with that. Kirk Cousins, yes, you know, he's actually, he's not a bad quarterback at all, but, you know, he's Alex Smith, basically. He's just Alex Smith, maybe with a with a prettier smile, and that's about it. <laughs> I think that's about it. That's what Kirk Cousins is <laughs> at the end of the day. God bless Alex Smith. God bless Kirk Cousins. Uh, maybe a stranger personality than Alex Smith as well, but whatever. Um, Kansas City had great running backs, too. Didn't they have great running backs? You had Larry Johnson. You had Priest Holmes. Greatest running backs ever. And, well, they didn't get over the hump. It didn't matter. I mean, they the other, the other, the other problem in those days also is the defense sucked at times too. Um, so and right now the defense sucks because guys are hurt or they elected out for COVID issues and asthma and all that and, and Michael Pierce. You traded Ngakwe away because you gave up. And, well, he he's stunk most of the time in Baltimore. He was great here, or good here, excuse me. And then Daniel Hunter had a neck injury, which always means out for the season, basically, even if it's minor. It ends up being bigger because it's a neck injury. Oh, I apologize. I'm clinking the microphone here with the uh, edge of the computer. My apologize, the, the laptop screen. So I don't know. We're stuck in the middle. I mean, we are literally stuck in the middle right now. You know, you have a few great players, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, the hope is this defense still has a ton of potential going forward with Michael Pierce coming back to Neil Hunter if he doesn't get traded or demand a trade or whatever the hell that thing's going to happen. Maybe you trade him for the next Patrick Mahomes. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Uh, maybe you get that Lawrence, So, Mr. Lawrence. So he looked pretty good yesterday with Clemson, didn't he? Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll win the Natty, the National Championship, pardon me. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. We're kind of stuck in the middle. That, that's all. Always somebody magically gets hurt, and you, you just, it just derails the whole damn season with uh, other things start to kind of pile up after that. And you lose to quarterbacks that aren't that great. And yeah, Mr. Trubisky. But good for him, I guess. He's a a hell of a lot better than what uh, Nick Foles was this year. I mean, a hell of a lot better right now. And maybe the Bears can go on some kind of run. I guess good luck to them. I'd rather see them win than the Packers. Packers are maintaining the first seed in the uh, NFC, and they're definitely going to hang on to it now because I don't think the Saints are going to beat the Chiefs. So, yeah, here we go. (laughs) With that said, the Fran Tarkington Award for this episode has got to be Delvin Cook. It it is. Uh, The defense just... You know, there were moments, and then there were disappointing moments. Honorable mention, you could go to Cam Danster defensively. He was pretty good, wasn't he? I think Cam Danster was pretty good. And again, I mean, I talked about the defensive line, guys being out. Daniel Hunter and Gawkway, you know, obviously being gone right away after five games. Um, no Michael Pierce. You could go on forever about that, but then you also have no... <laughs> you, have, you, have, <laughs> you have no Eric Hendricks for three weeks in a row, so naturally your defense is going to stink. Just this whole season started sucking pretty much with the Dallas Cowboy game and obviously you could start you could say it started sucking at the beginning too when we got crush, uh, crushed by the crackers but that Dallas game was a real downer it it really was and that was a home game another home game that was the beginning of the end for this season in a lot of ways it really was on you know the Kennedy assassination anniversary that's when that happened and uh, you know It wasn't in Dallas, thankfully, but (laughs) we barely beat the Panthers. Looked like horse crap the whole game. Barely beat the Jaguars. Looked like double horse crap in that game. Double horse crap. Got thwarted by a Buccaneers team. We were dominating for a little while there until things went completely out of control. And then this Bear game, I don't know, it just started off icky and kept staying icky. And it looked promising for a minute, and we just lost. We just lost. Uh, The Christian Toronto Memorial. We're not going to go to the Blair Walsh Memorial card today because Stan Bailey made his kicks. You know, he's like, he was like Morton Anderson where you could only make him from a little distance, I guess, today. That's all, that's all. Morton Anderson at the end of his career when he was really old. Or, uh, was it Eddie Murray? (laughs) Eddie Murray, can you imagine? Just like, yep. So, just like the baseball player name, but obviously a much older player even. Oh no, they're both old. Uh, The Christian Toronto Memorial in today's game. It's just kind of generally run defense. Chris Jones was pretty lousy. He got beat like normal. It was just, uh, you know, he was he was lousy. Mm. There's somebody named Hardy Nickerson. That sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's that's fascinating, isn't it? Hardy Nickerson yep, had his moments with Cincy, I guess, for a minute there. But, uh Yeah. It's a very familiar name, isn't it? But it's not the same person <laughs> we remember in the past. Uh, I, guess, I guess it's going to go to Chris Jones just because we could pile on Chris Jones, I guess, just to be mean. And just generally speaking, some of the play calling was frustrating, you know, blowing it on fourth down multiple times in your own territory. Of course, at the end of the game, you know, you, you kind of had no choice. You had to go for it. But it was still lame as, you know what, to just not... Just to not execute. Just poor execution. Uh, Cam Dantzler is always going to get the target in with uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Delvin Cook and then I guess Chris Jones and just general poor run defense when needed most. Poor tackling at the end of the day in the Ponder Department. With that, I'll take a break and we'll come back and look across the league and preview the Nolan Saints on Christmas Day. Come on. Why are you making me work on Christmas, you sons of biscuits? we are back here on purple mafia segment number 2 time to look around the league especially the NFC north and we will preview the new orleans saints which we play every single year i guess uh it's it's a nice rivalry that's for sure and our history's generally been positive against them i guess except for the biggest one of all yeah well let's get to that when we get to that last thursday you had the los angeles chargers Defeat the Las Vegas Raiders. The, Ra- the Raiders just continue to drop off the face of the earth, which is a crying shame. Oh, it took overtime to get there. The Raiders dropped to 7-7. and Sad thinking that the Vikings were hoping to get to 7-7. and It's just been that kind of year, you know. When you start 1-5, what are you going to do, Minnesota, you know? Unfortunately, Chargers win their fifth game of the year. We're happy for them. 30-77. to It's Just kind of depressing. Marcus Mariota playing for the Raiders last week after a crappy start for Derek Starr. Uh, Derek Starr. Derek Carr. Uh, well, a mediocre start, and he got banged up, of course. Marcus Mariota of the Raiders, but Justin Herbert, much better. Very good game, actually, against the Las Vegas Raiders. Very encouraging, looking forward for that. couple touchdowns, no turnovers for Justin Herbert, and a quarterback rating of 121. Definitely uh, looking more and more positive as they move forward. Jalen Guyton led the team with, uh, receiving yards anyway, but overall, Hunter Henry, and Tyron Johnson, both getting a touchdown along the way. Kind of spreading the ball up, uh, around pretty good with Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense for a 30-27 to 27 win. So there you go out in the old Southwest. I guess you could say West by Southwest <laughs> when it comes to Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Chargers. Buffalo and Denver, has the first Sunday game. And man, Buffalo is smashing everybody over. They are... Trouncing over their opponents. Even if they're tough horses like like the Broncos. Like a Broncos a tough horse, but the Buffalo Bills, those Buffaloes are smashing over everybody. Forty eight to nineteen. Bills drop to five and nine. Buffalo Bills are eleven and three. The Buffalo Bills. That's right, the Buffalo Bills are eleven and three. Please advance in the postseason this time, Buffalo. Please, please don't get beat by like a Houston like last year, like a Houston type of team like last year. That was frustrating. That might be a Baltimore this year, which would be kind of a more on the upstart side, even though they were supposed to be great leading into the season. Josh Allen just keeps getting better and better and better, and Stephon Diggs is happier and happier. 147 yards for Stephon Diggs, and I'm sure he doesn't miss us one bit and well it is what it is right i mean it's a it's an offense that gets the job done it's a defense that gets the job done man i mean it's a it's a beautiful football team i'd love to see the buffalo bills win the afc in fact i'm i'm hoping for that to happen actually if you want me to be completely uh, open and honest with you i would love to see the buffalo bills win the afc this year and maybe it'll happen maybe maybe we'll see at the moment they would be the third seed because speaking of pittsburgh and kansas city still gosh Go away, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Kansas City's thirteen and one. Jeez, but Pittsburgh eleven and two at this moment. At the moment, that must mean they're playing Monday night football. But yeah, I mean Allen's just—he's got the arm. He's got the athleticism. He's uh, hitting Stefan Diggs. He's also got Cole Beasley helping out, and he's just been spectacular. One hundred and twelve yards for Cole Beasley on eight catches. Thirteen, no, eleven catches for Diggs. Thirteen targets. A fifty-five yard play. No end zone for Diggs today, but still a dominant, dominant performance, and the Buffalo defense is still damn good, and man, they are just pounding people right now. Packers, Carolina, that can wait. Tampa Bay Lightning, no, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Uh, Don't you just hate that about Minnesota sports? The Tampa Bay Lightning have two Stanley Cups. Two. Minnesota Wilds slash North Stars, zero. I mean, doesn't that just drive you crazy? Doesn't that just drive you crazy that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a Super Bowl and the Vikings don't? When you consider what the Bucks were and what the Vikings were, say, back in the day, 70s, 80s, 90s. Doesn't that just drive you nuts? Doesn't that drive you crazy? It drives me crazy, let me tell you. They have a Super Bowl. Yep, they have at least one. <laughs> Obviously, 31-27 to with the six-time Super Bowl champion, Tom Brady, leading the way. No turnovers in the game. Very efficient, almost 400 yards passing. Tom Brady beat his old nemesis. No, well, the real nemesis is Brady to Ryan. When you consider the Super Bowl, as these two quarterbacks were quarterbacks of one of the greatest comebacks of all time, and uh, it, kinda to, uh, <laughs> it kind of happened to Mr. It kind of happened to Mr. I Feel bad for you, Matt uh, Matt Ryan. Happened to him again. Seventeen nothing Atlanta. Seventeen nothing, and who who won the football game? Tampa. And yep, they did. They won the game, didn't they? Atlanta took a twenty-four to seven lead. The clubs basically exchanged touchdowns in the third quarter there, and then things started to get more and more interesting. Bay started taking advantage of situations and such. Both quarterbacks had spectacular numbers. It's too bad this couldn't have been a better matchup. I mean, look at Calvin Ridley. My God, fantasy phenom for you out there. 163 yards and a touchdown for him. Mike Evans, huge game. Remember, he was frustrated last week a bit, but still, who won the football game? Uh, Leonard Fournette, being a bit of a goal line guy there, and kind of finishing off good drives for Tampa with a couple of touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, the former Jacksonville Jaguar, just uh, moving south a little bit to maybe a maybe a maybe a more interesting team, I guess, than the freaking Jaguars. Atlanta just can't get any ball control, but who or can't get any running game going, but who cares? But then again, I suppose <laughs> uh, when you pass the ball and the clock stops, sometimes. Rather than running the ball, maybe that allowed Tampa to come back. I I guess. And there were fans at the game because Atlanta and, you know, because Georgia and Florida, not as Corona-ish, I guess, as other states. Todd Gurley with one rush. One. What the heck? Brian Hill. Five rushes and he finished with minus two. Wow, that's outstanding. (laughs) And Tampa does have a great run defense and that's pretty obvious. Three sacks for Devon White. And no, not the former Toronto Blue Jays center fielder. Might be his son or something. I mean, shoot. My God, what a dominant performance. 12 total tackles, 10 solo, 3 sacks, 2 pass deflects for Devon White. Devon White, that would be the, uh, gosh, the uh, Tony Dungy Award winner. I'm trying to think of who would be the greatest player in Tampa history. The uh, Warren Stapp Award. The Warren Stapp Award winner would be Devon White. You know, <laughs> for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Tampa Bay Schmucks. San Francisco-Dallas, remember this rivalry back in the old days, remember, in the uh, in the early 90s and such, and way back in the day also, in the early 80s, the uh, San Francisco 49ers knocked off Dallas and went on to win four Super Bowls. Dwight Clark, all that cool stuff. Remember this beautiful rivalry back in the day? Well, they're both 5-9. It's just great. It's just, but they're both 5-9. It's just great. 41-33. to 33. Yuck, Dallas won. And then the wrong team won, because I hate Dallas. I'd take San Francisco 10 out of 10 over any Dallas, any time. Andy Dalton, another solid performance, solid. A couple of touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. I guess a Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Andy Dalton, not bad. Nick Mullins, just whatever he is. He's just a backup quarterback who's forced to start because of the situation, and it's just nothing going for uh, San Francisco. It's San Francisco, it, it really is. McKinnon with 22 yards, receiving former Viking, Jarek. McKinnon and did not get a single rush in the game Eric Mustard and Jeff Wilson splitting for 128 yards and a touchdown when you combine the two guys it's not bad I mean it's you know I guess they're just like us just run the ball run the ball run the ball I guess but uh, good numbers and everything and they scored 33 points which actually is pretty respectable but they gave up 41 don't know I don't know about uh, about San Francisco anymore Andy Dalton's doing a good job for Dallas let's just be honest about that Detroit, Tennessee, that was going to be put on hold, so luckily I didn't jump on that too early, and obviously we played Chicago, so (laughs) I passed that up. I won't make that mistake this week, thank God. Indianapolis Colts, who would have thunk it coming into the season? Regardless of how you feel about Phillip Rivers and how great Phillip Rivers is, and he's the best thing ever, at least he was with the Chargers for a while, of San Diego, maybe one year in L.A., I guess. Deshaun Watson, nice numbers. Nice numbers for both quarterbacks. Watson had better overall numbers, but he was sacked five times by this Indianapolis defense, the same defense that made uh, Kirk Cousins look like a moron, absolute moron. Shame to think that Indianapolis would be a freaking wild card team, but they would be because it's just the AFC is really good. The AFC is good. I mean, Buffalo's a third seed with 11 and three. Think about that. Tennessee's excellent, 10 and four. Man, Indianapolis is damn good. They are damn good. 10-4 on the year at the moment. They got a chance to go 12-4, and 11-5 as we get into the Christmas season here. The Christmas week and New Year's week. The holidays, I guess people like to call it. I like to call it by the actual identification. Like Hanukkah's Hanukkah and Christmas is Christmas. And yeah, you get the idea. Nahim Hines, what a nice game for him again. Love the guy. He's got a little speed. On five carries, managed nine yards. A carry basically for 43 yards. <laughs> Give him the ball more, maybe. I don't know, but it was special type of plays, I'm sure. And it was. Um, you know, Nathan Taylor, very strong performance in keeping the ball moving. But, of course, uh, just an overall great defense. Another, another three-sack game for somebody. This time it's DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner with three sacks of Deshaun Watson. And it's moments like that, great plays like that, that can absolutely murder drives. And that's why the Texans are 4-10 and ten on the season. They stink, and and Indianapolis does not stink, <laughs> to be quite honest. Miami Dolphins continue to also not stink. The Dolphins don't stink anymore. They're 9-5. and five. I like it. I like the Dolphins. I do. Uh, I'm kind of sad to see the Patriots disappear off into oblivion. It's amazing they won six games this year. When you consider how awful, they've looked in certain games. I mean, they've had some horse bleep performances this year regardless of Cam Newton is healthy or not. Uh, he is just... He is the definition of mediocrity at this point. Sonny Michelle, Awesome numbers, considering, but they were playing from behind. Tua was nothing special, but Selvan Ahmed. mid had 122 yards, as did Matt Breda. 86 yards on the ground for him. Uh, well, when your quarterback stinks and the running game's working, I guess, just go ahead and run through people, I guess. I, I guess... I mean, unless you got Patrick Mahomes, I guess you might as well keep running through people. I don't know. And I know you like to take chances, and it's a good thing, but what the hell? I mean, if you're just able to run right through people and they can't do anything about it, what the hell? <laughs> That's kind of funny when you look at that. It's it's crazy. It's uh, 200 and, 208 yards rushing between those two guys. Patrick Lard had multiple double-digit carries. Or, well, 12 and 8 for 20 yards for Patrick Lard. Lard, Laird. Awesome performance for him. Tua, just not that efficient, really. They kind of relied on the running game and their defense, which is, I guess, continuing to happen. Multiple sacks, three sacks in the game for the Dolphins, and they just kind of took care of business. Not the prettiest game ever, but it usually isn't, even when the, in the Tom Brady era versus Miami. Miami always gave Tom Brady uh, trouble, especially in moments where it could mess up things a little bit for the, uh, the the Patriots, at least for a week or two. Love the Dolphins right now. They're 9-5, and five and... Keep it up, keep it up, Miami. They are floating around. Unfortunately for them, they would only be the seventh seed, and they have to compete with frickin' Baltimore for that at the moment. Ooh boy, that's a shame. We're over in the NFC. You got Arizona, eight and six. Chicago's in the hunt. Minnesota's pretty much done. Tampa and, and Los Angeles Rams are nine and five because frickin' Seattle won today, and they're ten and four. Ick, ick. Go Rams. Screw Seattle. You know, if it's not, I'd rather see the Rams or the 49ers or anything over the Seattle Sucky Sonics. No, the Seattle Sucky uh, suck sucky Chickens. I can't stand that team. I don't care. Um, Arizona also, but Arizona's kaput. No, actually, they're not kaput. I just said where they were, 8-6. and six. It's because they felt kaput when they were 6-3 and three and dropped down to 6-6, six and six, but, uh, you know, they're kind of back in the wild card again. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Good. Yeah, okay, you get the idea. Washington football team, Washington Golden Govers, Washington uh, Red Tails dropped to 6-8. and eight. Unfortunately, they are first place still. The Washington Football Club, just like the Vikings, first place. But their defense is better than the Minnesota Vikings. And their offense is not better, unfortunately. They only managed 15 points. Seattle was only averaged, uh, only able to manage 20, but they had some good moments down the stretch. Russell Wilson reduced to 121 yards passing. Because Washington's defense is awesome. Logan Thomas caught 101 yards in the game with 13 catches. With 13 catches, pardon me. And uh, whoever the heck is their running back. J.D. McKissick. J.D. McKissick. Great job. J.D. McKissick with 51 yards. Dwayne Haskins is just... It's just average at best, and I don't know it's just one of those kind of uh he's the quarterback of the future, I guess he's one of those kind of guys, kind of like whoever the gopher quarterback is, right, and I'm gonna keep saying it i like the, I like the look of this Washington football team, I like the way they play, I like their uniforms i I kind of like it, I almost say leave it alone, I don't know, it's kind of cool i I kind of like it, you know they have they keep the color scheme. They have the W. It's not bad. It's really not bad. <laughs> I, I kind of hope they keep the color scheme, but I bet everything's going to go away. It is what it is. I kind of like that look, you know. It's really old school, like really old school, without being really weird and boring. I kind of like it. Uh, San Francisco's problem, excuse me, I just called them San Francisco, but they would also be called the Washington football team. Could not manage to get a single sack in the game, and that didn't help. Even though they had pass deflections, they had one interception on Russell and Wilson. But just nobody can sack the son of a gun, and that's one of the reasons why Seattle is tough to beat. That's why they're 10-4, because you can't sack Russell Wilson. Just bring the son of a gun down, and they can't do it. They just can't do it. Unfortunately for Washington, they just could not take advantage of the crappy uh, Seattle defense. Hard to believe Seattle is a crappy defense, but they do, and they have the last couple years. Haskins got his 300 yards, but he turned the ball over twice. He turned it over twice! and got sacked four frickin' times. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Pray to God your defense can sack Mr. Russell Wilson and get a huge turnover that leads to a touchdown. It just didn't happen. But I like this Washington football team. I like them. You know, somehow I like them even though their 6 and 8 record isn't that pretty and they started off the season looking like they were going to be competing for uh, Trevor Lawrence. They're completely out of the running for that now. Boy, I, I bet they could. I bet they'd be happy to have a be be in that competition, though. In a way, keep the great defense, and yeah. well, we'll see. Maybe they'll get a great quarterback in the future. And Alex Smith, will have to watch that that guy because I don't think he's doing Haskins, man. Baltimore Ravens took advantage of a situation playing against the worst team in the league, basically, other than uh, Cincinnati or something. I don't know. Or uh, actually, the Chats are the worst team in the league, but one of the worst teams in the league. They looked like a decent team against Minnesota, though. They look like the club that got to the AFC title game against us for some reason. It was kind of weird. Baltimore's now nine and five and knocking on the door with that wild card situation with a forty to fourteen thrashing of the Yuckyville the Yuckyville Jaguars. And Gardner Minshew actually had a really good game. Good for him, back at it again. Couple touchdowns, no turnovers. Lamar Jackson though he's back in the back in the saddle again. You know, three touchdowns, great quarterback rating. But again, I and mean, you're playing as a team that completely stinks. And James Robinson couldn't do anything against that Baltimore front seven, so after he ran right through the Vikings and and, uh, whoever else during the course of the season. Justin Tucker actually missed a kick in the game. That's unusual. That's quite unusual. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick, Mr. Unique. Mr. Yannick Ngakwe with two sacks in the game. Good for him. I was just talking about how he's pretty much stunk since he got to Baltimore because he has. He had five sacks of the Vikings and he has had one so far, and then he had two today. So, doubled his total with Baltimore. No, he quadrupled his total, but yeah, he had doubled the amount. Yeah, well, eight total sacks on the season now. Good for you, Yannick Ngakwe. It's just crazy, though, when you think about that. It's kind of sad, but he, he got there right when Baltimore started to go from really super good to really super crappy. Uh, you know, he had five stacks in six games with Minnesota, one in seven games with Baltimore. And you'd think, getting to Baltimore is like, here we go. Now I'm on a football. Now this is a team. Like, screw that Viking team. They started 1-5. They're terrible. 1-5. And and I had five sacks, and I was outstanding for them. He goes to Baltimore and doesn't do anything. Until today. (laughs) And it was the Jaguars. But, okay, he's got eight sacks on the season. And, well, I really liked him here. I I don't know what's going to happen with his contract, though, because it's... Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, yeah. and with his performance at Baltimore, I don't know if he's going to get the money he's seeking. I'm not so sure. And a game like this, you can't really gauge a whole lot if Baltimore's back in the swing of things or not, though they had an awesome game against Cleveland last week, and we're talking awesome stuff. Awesome back and forth with Cleveland. The uh, the, the new Browns versus the old Browns. Great uh, great Brown Bowl last Monday night. That was some fun stuff. Fun, fun football was cheering for Cleveland a bit, even though it's cool to see Baltimore stay alive. Because I love Lamar Jackson and all that stuff. Something happened today that I'm not believing. I can't believe what happened. And no wonder they're not in first place anymore. And they don't deserve to be. If this was college ball, they'd probably lose about 10 spots in the rankings. And that would be the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> Who did the Rams play today? <laughs> the J-T, J-E-T-S you know, the just-end-the-season team, the terrible Jets, they lost to the Jets, 23-20. to 20. I don't care if they lost by three points to the Jets, or they lost by 30 points to the Jets. They lost to the Jets. So, Jacksonville? Yeah, Jacksonville, get your Trevor Lawrence jerseys ready, possibly. Don't, uh, don't throw that possibility away just yet, because the Jets are not going to go winless this year. Maybe they just wanted to win a game. I don't know. But what were the Rams doing today? What were they doing? They just could not catch up to this club. They let the Jets get a lead, and they just played around. And they—I mean, can you imagine being down twenty to three to the Jets halfway through the third quarter? You'd be like, "What is happening here? What the heck?" And they barely kept the Jets to a field goal. And I mean, barely at the, the three-yard line. Kept them to the three. Just barely kept the Jets to a field goal. And it's still twenty-three to ten, leading into the fourth quarter. They managed 10 points and can't finish the job with uh, one more opportunity down the stretch. They couldn't beat the Jets. Sam Darnold was just mediocre as ever. Goff, one interception. Akers was okay. Frank Gore had one of his better games of the year. Hall of Fame Frank Frankie Gore, third all-time, and he had a touchdown today. Good for him. 29 yards on the ground, but not much of a yards per carry. But, uh, well, they ran the ball enough And burned the clock enough to beat the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. New York versus L.A. Yeah. Big, big, big showdown, right? They beat the Rams in L.A. That's uh, pretty funny, actually. In SoFi Stadium. It's not the Coliseum anymore. Coliseum was classic, man. Classic as it gets. They beat the Rams. The Jets beat the Rams. The Jets beat the Rams. Yeah. Arizona beat Philadelphia, too. You know, Philadelphia won the Super Bowl in 2017. Don't forget, you know. Yeah. Man, that, that means a whole lot right now, right? You know, yeah, it still hurts, actually. It's still Jalen Hurts us a lot. Well, Jalen was beat by, uh, <laughs> yeah, we all know who he is, who he is uh. Kyler Murray. Andy Lee also had a 26-yard play. <laughs> Three touchdowns for Kyler Murray. Jalen Hurts. Way better than Kurtz and Wentz. I think they're ready. I think it's over already. I think Kurtz and Wentz is done. Three touchdowns, 300 yards. Nice numbers, but unfortunately, they're just playing from behind forever. 16 to nothing, and they finally got on the board, and they're just behind by more, and they just, you know, they just couldn't get the job done. They wound up tying it up, though. Great job, Jalen Hurts, actually getting them all the way to a tie game going into the fourth quarter, but then they can't win, them being the Eagles on the road in zona. Kyler Murray ended up leading his club down the field, DeAndre Hopkins in particular, with Mike Nugent putting the uh, Arizona Cardinals up midway through the fourth, 33 to 33-26. And unfortunately for Philly, that'd be the final score. But uh, yes, they may have lost today, and it might be frustrating and sad and all that stuff. You got your ninth loss of the year, which probably is curtains for the, uh, Card- or the Cardinals, curtains for the Eagles. But you have a quarterback now, it looks like. As frustrating as Wentz was and how amazing he was back in 2017 and 2016 and all that. As amazing as he looked. Looks like you got your real quarterback of the future now. Because for some reason Wentz just lost it. I don't know what happened, but uh, offense spread around very nicely. Jalen Rigar, Zach Ertz who killed the Vikings. Alshon uh, Jeffrey. I don't even want to say these names. I can't stand it. It's painful. Painful, terrible memory. But uh, what are you going to do? Mm. What are you going to do? Nice to see, though, for Philadelphia. Quarterback throwing three touchdowns and not turning the ball over. That's pretty good. Kansas City, New Orleans. Yeah, we get back to that later. That actually ended up being a hell of a game. There was a moment where the Saints might have won, and they didn't because something happened. We'll get to that later. Looks like that's it. Yep, Cleveland and New York Giants, as per tradition, Sunday night football in the background in segments number two and three and there it goes, there it goes, everybody's favorite guy, (laughs) Mr. Mayfield there, uh, completing a a deep pass down the field, Baker Mayfield, number six, the weirdest number ever for a star quarterback, but I guess, (laughs) New York Giants are up three nothing, that's funny, Cleveland Browns, let's go Browns, let's go Browns, right Vince Germano, let's go Browns, yep, Hey, I'm I, I say let's go, and of course Kevin Stefanski, who can't root for him, let's get them to ten and four. Got to love for Cleveland Scott. Hopefully they can do something in the postseason. I hope so, I really do. So let's look at the NFC North if we can, humanly possible. Green Bay Slackers versus the uh, Carolina Slackers. Basically, they slacked off pretty bad. Both teams slacked off. It's just kind of a mad game, and had people frustrated and cursing. This is Saturday Night Football, Saturday night football very mediocre hard to watch game unless you like running the football again it's really funny how a lot of us keep saying how yes you know vikings are too focused on the run they're not creative and then you look across the league and it's just happening everywhere or it's just kind of or just the game kind of went that way because aaron jones as uh, aaron Rodgers, was just kind of mediocre and he was sacked five times by that carolina defense but Aaron Jones just kind of ran through that club like warm butter. He averaged seven and a half yards a carry, 145 yards and only 20 carries. Aaron Jones, just no problem. Even though that uh, the passing game was sputtering a little bit, they just kept running and running and running, Tecmo Bowl style, with Bo Jackson basically. And away they went. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, very very mediocre. He got his 250 yards, but not a whole a lot else to brag about. At the end of the day. The Darius Smith always seems to wind up with at least one stack along the way. Both Derrick Brown and Brian Burns. Brian Burns, who was frustrating for the Vikings a few weeks back. each oh, getting multiple stacks versus Aaron Rodgers and the uh Packers. Tennessee Titans were very Titan like right. performance today with a ten and four record in first place in the AFC South. they looking they look more and more like a division champion even though they kind of messed around with Detroit today. They managed 22 points in that fourth quarter to just kind of put the put the dagger in if, <laughs> if there was no doubt that Tennessee's a better team than Detroit, if there was ever a doubt. Uh, they, they led the whole game, and they stomped around. Detroit was hanging around at times, but that's about it. And then uh, Tennessee would continue to put the clamps down and put the pedal to the metal, so to speak. Ryan Tannehill, just an almost perfect performance, only sacked once, no turnovers. Quarterback rating way up on the moon with 145.8. Derrick Henry ran right through that Detroit defense. It was a well-oiled machine was this uh, Tennessee offense. Along with their defense is always tough, always very restrictive, and they just did a damn good job. Matt Prater missed an extra point. Come on, Matt Prater. That guy, what happened to him? He, He kind of came out of his funk, and then he missed an extra point. Sounds like Dan Bailey a little bit, but uh, that's how that goes. NFC North is what it is, though. I mean, it's Green Bay and daylight second. You know, I'm sorry to say, it's it's daylight second. You know, what's what's uh, Detroit's five and nine? That's last place. Chicago seven and seven second. Minnesota six and eight third. So all of our positions are are uh, defined at this stage with our record. There's no tie. There's no tiebreaker needed. Detroit's in last, like they normally. Are want to do. It seems like Chicago is all the way up in second with their oldest rival ever, the green Bay slackers. They played each other 200 times over the years with their hundred uh, hundred hundred, hundred years of existence in the NFL. And boy, boy, oh boy. And uh, Minnesota stinking at eight and at six and eight, unfortunately. So now we'll talk about the Nolan saints. We get to renew the rivalry yet again. And this is kind of about what I expected if there was a Super Bowl last year. A fairly close game with the Chiefs coming on on top. I actually picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl last year before the season. And I, and I was right. I was actually right. Which doesn't happen all the time. When I picked the Patriots sometimes, then, then I was right, sure. But then I kept picking them every year, basically, and then they didn't win anymore. That kind of thing. It got kind of funny back in the day. <laughs> um, but hey, I, I was right a few times there. The Chiefs, though, yeah. I mean, I have them going back to back, just like I might have the Lakers going back to back. Check out Timberwolves' explosion season preview, twenty 2020, twenty 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 one. That's the funniest tongue twister ever, but uh, say that fast about three times. Twenty 2020, twenty 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 one just rolls right off your tongue, just like Superdome. That rolls right off your tongue too. On December twentieth, twenty twenty. Ooh, thirty two to twenty nine. Pretty good game. New Orleans had the opportunity of a lifetime basically when you consider who you're playing against. You're playing against the world championships who are, who were who were twelve and one coming into the game. Now they're thirteen and one and probably gonna go fifteen and one or fourteen and two at absolute worst. They're not going thirteen and three unless they just say screw it, you know <laughs> screw it. We're not gonna we're not gonna test our fate here and, and have people get injured and blow an opportunity of a lifetime to win another Super Bowl. But the Saints To get to the point, had a golden opportunity with the fumble. The ball's in the end zone. And well, guess what? Yeah, the ball was, uh, as it was getting recovered by the Saints player, it was knocked away accidentally. Accidentally, as he was going too aggressive. That is big hair, Yeti blonde Alex. Enzalone, Alex Enzalone, the linebacker of the New Orleans Saints, the Yeti, the Yeti, right No, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but uh, he was a rookie in 2017. He looks a lot older than this, but uh, I guess so. <laughs> From Why Why Missing, Pennsylvania? Why are you missing? Why are you missing? Hmm, that's the weirdest city name I've ever heard in my life. It looks like Wyoming, and then with missing. Okay. Why are you missing? Yeah, well, why were you missing on this play, Alex? Because uh, <laughs> it's a touchdown for the Saints. It would have been a touchdown. And, you know, when you're kind of falling on the ball and your legs are kind of sliding forward because the, the momentum when you're running a little bit too fast, his knee or right below the knee or whatever, knocked the ball out of bounds. A safety, that's nice. The Saints get the ball back. But how about a free touchdown instead? That would have been great. I think I'd be okay. But uh, at least they got the ball back. But, oh, wait. uh, You know what sucks about that? (laughs) It was right at halftime. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. No time left. That would have been devastating for the Chiefs to cough up a fumble. And it basically would have been a fumble six right there in the end zone for the Saints. (laughs) But he knocked the ball out. Oh, Alex. Oh, that was funny. Drew Brees is back just in time to play us. That's great. That's just great, Alex. We'll see what happens. He's got four sacks in his career. Good for him. He was picked in the third round by the Aints, who are still pretty good at ten and four. But well, they're going to win their division, like very likely. We'll see, though. Maybe Tampa still got a small shot at it at nine and five. Uh, but Green Bay, uh, Green Bay is in first right now in the uh, in the NFC. Green Bay's not beating Kansas City in the Silver Bowl, unfortunately. Uh, for the Packers, anyway. Unfortunately for the Packers. <laughs> Green Bay's not going to beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think. I don't think anybody beats the Chiefs in the NFC right now, except maybe the Saints, I guess. Maybe they have a shot if they get another opportunity like that, but I doubt it. The Saints still look dangerous. They're still what they are. They're the Saints, and the Vikings have to play on the road in Detroit and in New Orleans, But maybe we'll actually win both games because we are good on the road and we suck at home. Drew Brees... Not bad. I mean, he wasn't super efficient throughout the game. It looked a little rusty. That's why his quarterback rating was down to eighty-four point seven. He did have one interception, but only one. Unfortunately, it was nothing too devastating. Patrick Mahomes, just his usual three touchdowns and just another big time game. Not the greatest numbers of all time for him. Not the most efficient numbers of all time, but still good enough. Because so the Saints' defense is decent. It's respectable. Latavius managed only three yards. Oof, again, you know, that Chiefs defense is fairly stingy, and Le'Veon Bell is kind of getting back in the swing of things, isn't he? He got 62 yards and a touchdown, sharing the ball with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the two guys combined for (laughs) about, looks like, 141 yards. 141 yards and the single touchdown by Le'Veon Bell. Nice combo platter there between those two guys. Keep Bell healthy, it'll keep Hilaire healthy, I guess, so to speak, which the Vikings should do a little bit more with Madison. At least give him six or seven carries or something. It won't kill him. It won't kill Delvin Cook. He's still getting his money. He's still gonna get his money. He's still gonna get this goal line, you know, smashes for touchdowns. It's still gonna happen. So why not mix it up a little bit? Seriously. I I don't understand. You can't put all your eggs in one basket, because when you do, you lose. Vikings put all their eggs in Kirk Cousins' basket, you lose. Same thing with Delvin Cook. Same thing with Delvin Cook. Trey Hendrickson of the Saints with a couple of sacks and Patrick Mahomes, actually a pretty nice game for him. But Mahome Mahomes has uh, got the Chiefs to the number one record in football. And like I'll just continue to say, looking more and more like a back-to-back world champion team. Kansas City world champions, it's the weirdest thing ever, but I, I guess it's possible. I mean, we got to see the Royals win a World Series 30 years after they did. And the Chiefs win a Silver Bowl over <laughs> over 50 years after they were able to. Nope, exactly 50 years. It's right on the anniversary, isn't it? What's up with Kansas City at anniversaries? Huh? The 85 World Champion Royals, 2015 World Champion Royals, 1969 Chiefs, 2019 Chiefs. So I guess they're not going to win again for 30, 40 years. Chiefs are going to choke. Chiefs are going to choke unless uh, this really is a dynasty type of team. And they probably are. At least maybe, even a miniature dynasty. They just go back to back. Well, hopefully for they, their sake, they don't have to wait wait 30 to 50 years. But I guess we'll see once the postseason comes around. Let's talk about the Saints instead of the Chiefs. But uh, I talked about the Chiefs a lot today. What the hell? The Saints are what they are, obviously. They're a threat. You got... Uh... <laughs> Obviously, you have Drew Brees. He's not going to be as sharp as he ever was. He's 41 years old, by the way. And he's, you know, he's had multiple broken ribs. Alvin Kamara's dangerous. Will Lutz is still there. Thomas Morstead is still there. Just like our two kickers, thankfully. <laughs> Cameron Jordan is still there. Oh, boy. <laughs> we know what Cameron Jordan can do. And we know about the beautiful playoff win last year. Vikings overall history versus the Saints, 23-12-0. 23-12-0. And remember our playoff history, the Vikings where our only loss to the Saints in the postseason was the 2009 NFC Championship game, 31-28 to 28 in overtime, far across the body, Adrian at the goal line, uh, Adrian again, uh, and then frickin' uh, uh, God, I don't want to remember these guys' names anymore. What was his frickin' name? Bernard Berrien fumbled. Stupid P.O.S. Bernard Berrien fumbled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not bitter, though. Uh, Percy Harvin was fumbling, but he managed to hang on. He managed to get his hand out to say, okay, yeah, you can stay right with me. And that loss to the Saints in OT. gave the Vikings, a losing streak after, again, tons of success versus the Saints. We had a four-game losing streak to the Ains, dating back to that game, including a 20-9 to fairly convincing win in New Orleans in 2014. And then he had that butt-whooping, solid, solid, awesome game by, you know, because the Saints were just kind of all offense in like those mid 2010s. They were just all offense and their defense was meh. But then the team just got super dangerous in 2017 as the year progressed. Um, that beautiful game with Sam Bradford. And little did we know just how good this Vikings team was going to be. You could sense they were going to be super good despite uh, Teddy Bridgewater being gone and Sam Bradford as the quarterback. And, you know, but Sam Bradford was his second year with the Vikings and he was a captain and everything was really cool. And we all know what happened the next week. He just his knee was like, okay, I don't think I could play anymore. <laughs> it was weird. Um Vikings had a four-game win streak from two thousand two to two thousand eight. And remember that two thousand eight game was back and forth. It was an absolute mess. It was crazy, it was frustrating. And it was yeah, it was really something. Just like in two thousand two, the Vikings went for two. We were we would went to overtime and Mike Tice did something I would have done. As risky as it was you had the best goal line threat in the game and that was quarterback Dante Culpepper in 2002. Even though he was a fumble threat and he fumbled the snap, he did. He bobbled the snap but he was able to pick it up and run it in. 32-31. That's what started a four game win streak from 02-08. to 08, Because the Vikings didn't play the Saints every year back in those days. but uh, Man, how many years in a row have the Vikings played the Saints now? 17. And then later that season, in the playoffs, we had the, we had the Minneapolis Miracle, and then in '18, where the Saints beat the Vikings, and on October 28th, they got the revenge, right? And then they uh, they were the best team in football that whole year, until the Rams beat them, basically, and then yeah, beat them with a you know massive pass interference that wasn't called, but whatever, that's okay, I guess. And then <laughs> and then we fought and then we played them in the postseason, so we find a way to play them one way or another and had the uh, spectacular win. Against the Saints. Beautiful, beautiful play to Adam Thielen. And then that ultimately led to the uh, Kyle Rudolph in the end zone. Kind of a slight push off, I guess you could say, where Kyle Rudolph was able to bring it in and give us the win in OT For the Saints would never see the ball. Just like how Drew Brees never, uh, Brett Favre never got the ball in 2009 in overtime. Vikings had so many chances in 2009 to go to that Super Bowl. So it was almost like the football gods, as they call them. were saying, no, you've had enough chances. Screw you. And it's just kind of like, it's it's ironic and sad at the same time. Drew Brees never got to see the ball. Yeah, it was the wild card round, though. It wasn't the NFC title game. It was the wild card round. It's only three rounds earlier. So, yay. Okay, two rounds earlier, but it feels like three. Fun history with this club, obviously winning in the postseason and obviously dominating during the 70s when they were the Aints. They were terrible. And, the, you know, in the 80s, they're kind of all over the place in the Archie Manning era. And, of course, Manning was actually in the 70s. In the 80s, it was guys like, uh he was all over the place. Like, you know, Jim Everett wasn't until the 90s. He was kind of mediocre at best. Jim Everett was the Rams quarterback for quite a while as well, during like the 80s and early 90s. Whew, 44 to 10, though. Yeah, that was a butt weapon. that 87 Viking club, picking up some of that momentum from the Twins who had just won the World Series a few months earlier. That was pretty cool watching the Vikings go to the NFC title game, but unfortunately it just, you know, wasn't meant to be (sighs) long-term. Not so much. Uh, Fun history with the clubs. How do the Vikings do against the Saints right now? I got to think, you know, Drew Brees is going to be warming up, ready to roll. The hope is that our secondary continues to be strong, generally speaking, though they weren't that great today. The running game, I expect the Saints running game to be a lot better than it was uh than it was today against the Chiefs, who again are well coached defensively. It's not the best defense, but it's good. It's a it's a it is a legitimate bend but don't break defense. They legitimately get the job done. They'll give up some yards and this and that, but they'll be stingy and they'll stop you when they need to, just like they did to the Vikings last season. In a game that would have really helped the Vikings last year, but cost us dearly Because we could have beat the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes. You know, he could have taken advantage of Patrick uh, Mahomes' mid-season knee injury where he missed three games. That was a bummer. Uh, Golden opportunity for the Vikings to actually beat the Chiefs, but we never win an Arrowhead. We just don't. Not since the 70s, and it wasn't the Arrowhead Stadium at the time. Not since 75. Uh, Saints, obviously the history is much more positive, but the momentum of these two clubs are quite different. Obviously the Saints continue to win football games until today. And again consider who they beat. And I don't think they're going to be messing around next week. I think they want to keep rolling uh, on Christmas Day, of course. That's when the game is at 3.30. So, yes, they'll probably be a release of Purple Mafia on Christmas night or the next day. Maybe I'll say screw that and record it the next day. <laughs> Maybe I'll just record the first segment on Christmas Day. We'll see. And, yep, there's the fumble and out of the end zone it goes. That was just... Mm, would have tied the game. Would have tied the game but it didn't. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Would have tied the game. But no, Drew Brees, I think he'll he'll put up his 300-something, whatever, but I also expect the uh, Saints running game, since everyone wants to run the ball all of a sudden, will be one of the reasons why the Vikings lose the game. I think Alvin Kamara is going to get things going, and of course there'll be some of those short, you know, those screen plays to Alvin Kamara, and I expect Latavius Murray to get his 50 or 60 yards against Minnesota as well. It should be a thorough, convincing win by the Saints over the Vikings on Christmas Day in the Bayou. Saints win, Saints win. Unfortunately, there will be points scored by both clubs. It may be very similar to this one, honestly. might end up being very similar. Something like 32, Saints. Saints Saints of 32, Minnesota 24, Minnesota 27, Minnesota 31. It's going to be something along the likes. I'll go 32-27, where the Saints end up winning the game. The Vikings have chances here and there, but they fail. When they uh when it's time to get the job done, they fail. I expect Dan Bailey to continue his solid kicking. It's one week in a row, I know, but I do think he'll get his little streak started up again. He's got two in a row now, and I think Dan Bailey will be successful in New Orleans when he's given the opportunity to kick the ball. I just don't believe that the Vikings will win the game. Saints win Vikings get twenty seven points twenty seven points, but end up losing you know get by his will give up thirty points again to another team. This one's significantly better. We'll see some exciting moments. The Vikings will have some chances in this game to win, but I just feel they don't. At the end of the day, Vikings drop to 6-9, and nine, which ultimately probably rounds things out at 7-9 and nine for the season, just like Mike Zimmer's first year with the Vikings because uh, the year before we were horrendous. <laughs> so you're just kind of just starting to build for the future that year. I think we're going back to 7-9, and nine and I don't know. Some people would probably wish that this would be Zimmer's last year. 7-9 and nine at the beginning and 7-9 and nine at the end. Would be nice to have a younger, some younger blood, maybe an offensive coach, a guy who's a little more, you know, modern per se, rather than just run the ball, just super ultra-conservative. Sometimes the ultra-conservative works, but it doesn't seem to work all the time. Would it be nice to have Biannimi as our coach? Of course it would. Not sure if that's going to happen. Daryl Bevel, right? No. <laughs> Darryl Bevel type of offense, maybe I don't know. I don't know what the hell. One way or another, the uh, the Chiefs beat the Saints, but uh, at the end of the day, I think the Saints beat the Vikings and jump up to eleven and four, and they have a shot at twelve and four, and they're going to get some home field advantage. We'll see how much, because unfortunately for them, this year only one team will have home field advantage, and the Packers won, and they're eleven and three. So it is what it is when it comes to slackers versus Saints. Saints have their work cut out for them at the moment. They got to catch up because the slackers have it 11 and 3 on the season. I don't see Green Bay winning any Super Bowl, but I guess stranger things have happened. They they did win when they were only 10 and 6. <laughs> so, who knows? Saints win, bottom line. We'll be back after this for fan Indirection. <laughs> And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three. Looks like this one's going to be significantly shorter than some in the past, but I guess we'll see where things go and how some of the comments or feelings carry me through this one. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, is the Twitter account. No call-in or audio submission, or whatever you'd like to call it. But if you would like to do that, it would be greatly helpful, like Mad Martin does very often. It's so great. Uh, Tanae Brown... Mark Carlson, like he did for uh, the Freedom of Thought uh, out there. So, uh, you know, any of you, Dave Hickey, Gerald String, basically all you have to do is uh, open any free voice recording application on the planet, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, and then email it to live at yahoo.com, live at yahoo.com. That email address is in the show description if you want to just copy and paste, make it quick and easy for yourself uh, you, kind of share, you, know, you just kind of share it to that email address and there you go, you'll be on the air with me Instagram number 3 it rhymed Unten- unintentionally, uh, Purple Mafia show Malcolm McSween liked uh, the Mad Martin <laughs> post for sure when he talked about how this stat says that all regulation losses with 39 minutes plus of possession this season Vikings have 2 losses in that case, rest of the NFL zilch zilch, zilch zilch and then we are who we thought we were episode three, 3 2 episode 332 last week we are who we thought we were was uh, liked by malcolm mcsween and retweeted by malcolm mcsween out of california vince germano out of australia and tanae brown out of new zealand can't thank you guys enough for doing that and passing on the show to your twitter followers it is just uh, greatly appreciated those of you that do that it's so nice so helpful No, no doubt about that. Mad Martin says, after the kicker, the thing that really pissed me off was the play calling. My God, how bloody slow. In the third, uh, in that third and fourth quarter, was this, oh, it was like they were sitting on a two-score lead, not a bleeping two-score deficit. And it kind of felt that way today also, didn't it, uh, Dave Martin? It certainly did. Yep, now it's frustrations again in the aftermath of the Vikings lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks. I get the vibe like how it's literally like the the audience just died after that, uh, Tampa Bay loss. Uh, it seems like that I have not gotten new likes for purple mafia very often, like once in a blue moon. And then a couple people seem to disappear here and there. And it's kind of sad. So I don't know. I hope it's not me. I hope if it's just the Vikings and then people come back and numbers go back up and this and that, it'd be nice. Obviously the listenership has been pretty solid most of the year, despite the not so good season, but the, uh, Man, the <laughs> incredible uh, but but yeah, I mean it's it's sad to see people kind of leaving the pages and such here and there no no notable people that I know about, but of course, there are people that were regulars in the past that have completely vanished, and that's it's sad. I didn't see them all year, like the mayor Henrys didn't see them all year. I don't know what's going on with that, but I don't know, uh, <laughs> there's a tweet about the Greek freak out the uh, five year two hundred twenty eight million dollar extension supermax. That was a uh, you know, yeah, good for him, I guess. That was a couple of days ago though. During the course of the week. That's the Greek freak for the Milwaukee Bucks, of course. Good to see Wisconsin. You know, that's a Wisconsin team, I don't mind as much as the Packers. Um Yep, yeah, great opening drive. Not, said Mad Martin. Yep. Yep, not. <laughs> and that's pretty much the case at the end of the day. Uh the Bill you know, Bill and Ted with a knot. <laughs> it's true though uh next one was this is total garbage but not surprised one bit i wasn't either i I really wasn't i was like retweeting and having a conversation with him and he says uh how the hell do we turn this team around with the money invested cousins needs an o-line that can protect that can protect and with hardly any cap space no chance see that's the problem it's too many eggs in one basket quarterbacks are too freaking expensive and i don't know i mean unless it's patrick mahomes you're kind of screwed you know, because everybody's giving quarterbacks $30 million. Uh, you know, would you give Dak Prescott $30 million? It's like, no. Is he better than Kirk Cousins? In some ways, yes. In some ways, not necessarily. You know, I mean, it's it's that second slash third tier. that they, they just don't do it for you. You know, you wish you wish they could be more reasonable and have more of a team-friendly contract, some of these guys. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes, eventually, that's going to catch up with the Chiefs as well. Of, of course it is. Right now, they're fine. So, the Chiefs, I don't anticipate them winning four Super Bowls or anything unless they really know what the hell they're doing in terms of putting guys together again. Or certain players literally just take one for the team, which you can't expect that all the time. If a guy does an awesome job and he's worth $80 million, $100 million, and you think he's going to sell for like one-third of that just so he can stay on the team? It doesn't always work that way. It just doesn't. So, it's unfortunate, but that's how that goes. Continue. Uh, Matt Martin says... DS, not turned up tonight. Clearly not bothered by making the playoffs. Yep, he's saying the D The D is not turned up. Yep, the defense, not turned up tonight. Clearly not bothered by making the playoffs. Yeah, it's like they don't, it just didn't look like they cared, did it? That yep, was saying is literally a lifeless vibe. I'll understand going for fourth and one on your own 34. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'll never understand that. We literally just gave them points. Ben Martin says, I think we need new coaches that understand 2020s NFL football. I I kind of do a I kind of do as well, I kind of do as well. I mean, sometimes coaches get it later on. Zimmer's kind of stuck in some other place. I'm not sure, and it's a crying shame. I wish it wasn't the way it is, but it is what it is. You know, it really is. Uh, I was thinking of Tyler Conklin is underrated and very athletic. Rich Schmidt like that one. Uh, Mad Martin says. Season saving, now can the old deliver. Yep, and of course they didn't. That was uh, the interception by Cameron Dantzler. Mad Martin says, yet again, garbage. When they need to move the ball, they fail big style. Season over, Season over, brother. At least I will not waste Christmas Day. Yep, so apparently he's going to... See, that's probably what's really happening. People are kind of checking out. Once you lost the seventh game to Tampa Bay, and that was kind of like a team you needed to really either get around them or Arizona. I think most fans were like, bleep it. And I do think that's part of the reason. Just don't leave the page completely or don't, like, stop tweeting me I hope. Please don't. Madmore says, 60 seconds to save the season. Can they do it? And again, that was after that horrible drive and then now, you know, we were able to keep the Chicago to a field goal. Lucky us. And of course they didn't. Malcolm was liking that and hoping. And I was like, of course not. So irritating. And yeah, Madmore didn't even respond at that point. He was probably just beyond words at that stage like whatever that was garbage or same old crap so at purple mafia show at purple mafia show notifications popping in that's kind of weird and in places you wouldn't expect okay let's continue so from the most recent episode on facebook facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show and boy was it dead today for a while until some guys came to the rescue brett mccarthy thank you thank you thank you not even kurt back was on there. It's kind of sad, you know. Not Mark Carlson. I think he was. Yeah, I think he pops in in the post game. Yep. he people saying how he wasn't able to really to watch much, and that's how it goes as well. I mean, it's and when the season is just not good, I can understand where the priority list would drop off. And of course, it's Christmas week and all that, and uh, a lot of times numbers are sucky for a little while during this time of year. For it's just how how, how it goes. You know, people are doing other things. You'd think they'd have more time and would listen to podcasts. Maybe they do. I, I don't know, and other times they really don't. They're actually even more busy, even though they're not working, because uh, podcasts can save your job, uh, Not uh, can save your day at work sometimes. I mean, let me tell you, even if it's just on your break, or if you're unable to listen while you're working, but uh, especially during, like, lawn service or something, it's so nice, uh, or just working around the house. If, uh, yep, you're not super busy doing this and that, getting prepared for, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, and all the above. So let's keep moving. I was saying, you know, episode 3032, blah, blah, blah. It's on all the different uh, applications. Gerald String, and yep, this is where I messed up last week a little bit. He says, well, I guess I thought the Tarkin Award would be a piece of cake, but yes, Cousins probably outplayed Brady, so I can't argue. My choice was Delvin. Yep, yeah, I should have known That's Yep, and I apologize. Because it's not like Cousins was great last week, but he actually had a really good game. Uh, Delvin was extremely good, considering uh, considering who he was going up against—the number one run defense in the league—he was awesome. To get over a hundred yards against a team that averages seventy yards per game, period. You know that would be like multiple running backs, maybe a quarterback scamper, this and that, and still over a hundred yards himself. Pretty good. You're uh, saying his choice is Dalvin based on how many touches he had in the last few weeks. He was just grinding out there, and again, him being Dalvin Cook, twisting, turning, driving. Just thought he was an animal to crank out 100-plus yards on that D-line. And I think you're right. I think I blew it a little bit. I remember, like, I, I got, like, my throat tightened a little bit when I was saying that. And I was thinking, I'm missing out something here. My brain's just stopping. And it did. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just I really appreciated the way, the, the way Cousins played. And uh, so I'll continue. I'm not saying he's more talented than AP, again, him being Delvin Cook. But his desire to win is greater and a little less selfish than I thought AP was at times. Much less. And he's much more versatile than AP could ever hope to be. Cook's not afraid to catch passes. He laid out a great block on a pass play. He was my easy MVP, LOL, but like your choice also. I was never in favor of that first big contract and not trying to be a Cousins apologist, but I'm not sure I can name 10 quarterbacks that I would rather have on our team right now. He seems to get it done. I would certainly draft a quarterback in the next draft, though. So we have a guy behind Cousins for a couple of years. If Garoppolo and Foles can make it to a Super Bowl, I'm fairly certain Cousins can also. Thanks for another great podcast for and for all the time and work you put in. Much appreciated. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gerald. P.S. I do love the title, though. That was funny. Yep. We are who we thought we were. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can see how Cousins is a top 10 kind of guy. Yeah, he is when he really, when he's really focused and he doesn't make weird mistakes at the beginning of second halves, which drives us all up the wall. Uh, and I do think Cook's versatility makes him somebody I would rather have than Adrian Peterson. I, I think he is. If he can stay healthy and consistent, he could be a Hall of Fame running back also. No question about it. And then he adds those other nuances that Adrian refused to, absolutely refused to. Uh, something both of them do, which is really irritating, is fumble the ball. Extremely irritating. Though Adrian is literally a Hall of Fame fumbler, like he's up there with Dave Craig and Warren Moon and Dante Culpepper, he's unbelievable. Hang on to the frickin' bowl, Adrian Peterson. Uh Garoppolo and Falls. Yes, uh, Garoppolo lost, unfortunately, but Falls absolutely annihilated everybody, and now he sucks. Garoppolo had a really strong couple of years, and now he kind of you know is off the plan- off the face of the earth a little bit as well. There is one more comment floating around in here. I do believe. Mark Carlson, out of Iowa, says perfect title. Yep, and I agree with that. (laughs) It is pretty funny. Yep, um, Gerald String was laughing at that one, if I do believe that was him. Gerald String doesn't have that sense of humor. Yes, he does. Gerald String's out of Nebraska and he's a great dude, obviously. Very awesome guy. Randy Moss. Now, this is sports in Yahoo. Randy Moss calls himself the best receiver ever, ever, says Jerry Rice, uh, says, and says Jerry Rice is third or fourth. So, I'm guessing this is another way I might have lost somebody this this week. I might have lost one or two of the people out there. Somebody that probably doesn't know me well, probably doesn't even listen to the show. They just they just happen to be on the page because when I shared this uh, article, I wrote sometimes Raw Moss just rubs me the wrong way. Every time I think he gets it, he says something like this, and it's not. It's the fact that he put Jerry Rice down to third or fourth. Think, really, you know, really like, and then saying oh Montana and all that. It's like it's overrating Jerry Rice not necessarily not necessarily if Jerry Rice was was just kind of an okay receiver he would have let he would have let uh, Joe Montana down at times both quarterback and receiver need each other that's just the way it is they need each other uh, Dan Marino didn't have good receivers that's why he never won a championship and I know there's kind of an argument but here's the thing Dan Marino you know why Dan Marino never had good receivers I'll come back to the guy that was yeah, this is the guy that might have left the page actually we'll come back to him in a moment First, we'll go to Jesse Ball here. Jesse Ball, you know, yep, and luckily I don't think he left. I hope you didn't leave, Jesse. Just Randy being Randy, and I get that too. I do. The current Vikings could use some of his attitude. Also, you don't get to the Hall of Fame thinking you're just average. Most Super Bowls do believe they're the best. And, and that's fine. I don't disagree that Moss is one or two all time, that he's number one or number two. The most talented man to ever play wide right receiver, Randy Moss the best ever overall wide receiver, it's it's kind of a toss-up between him and Jerry Rice. It's not me saying Moss is an ass for saying he's the best ever. I think Moss is an ass for putting Jerry Rice to third or fourth. Come on, man. Jerry Rice is second, at least. He's at least second, man. That's what I don't like, is the put-down. It's the put-down that kind of pissed me off a little bit. You know, you don't have to think Jerry Rice is a spectacular player, but the put-down, I think, I, I just saw that. I thought that was kind of a put-down. Like, Rice is way below. Ah, I just imagine Moss kind of saying that. Gerald Ring says, SMH, like shaking my head, except for Jerry Rice, has a few Super Bowl rings. Apparently being a team player has no meaning for him. That has always been the standard for quarterbacks. But I guess he just must be that special. Yeah, you know. And then uh, Heather Hagdorn. This may be the one that left the page. I don't know. I hope not. She told Gerald Sering Dan Marino was one of... I'm not going to... Was one of the greats. He never got a ring. Shut up, dude. (laughs) I don't like shut up, dude. I don't like that kind of talk very much. That's not the nicest thing I've ever read. Unless somebody was being super disrespectful, which I don't think Gerald Serang was right there. So, I don't know. Uh, Maybe they left the page. I hope they didn't. I hope they didn't. I'd prefer more the merrier on the page, as long as we're respectful to each other. Dan Marino... Here's the same reason. I think Dan Marino doesn't have a ring. The same reason Moss doesn't have a ring. They're both asses, (laughs) quite frankly. They're both asses. Dan Marino was an ass. Anytime somebody dropped the ball, he would go off on the guy. Or or they weren't exactly where he wanted them to be, and every time Marino threw an interception, he would literally go off on the guy. Now, I know Tom Brady could be an ass, too, but he was just that much better than any of them. Of course, Marino was great, but nobody wanted to play with the guy, because he was an ass. You know, Randy Moss... Randy Moss was was a good teammate, but he was kind of a he's just kind of generally got an ass side to him, I guess. Particularly with the media, he can just kind of he just kind of spouts off when it comes to the media. I I never brought this up on the show because I thought you know, it's not worth it because maybe I might say something I'll regret. I thought Moss made an asses of himself during his Hall of Fame induction. I did, you know. I appreciate what Randy Moss did for this franchise. I appreciate what he did changing the game in 98 was just so much freaking fun. It just sucked the way when won the league. See, in some ways, unfortunately, his dominance took some of the deep game away, which was kind of a bummer, because that was so much fun to watch, and then the cover two slowed that down, and then you have to counter that with the uh, the West Coast offense, or like multiple tight ends, which usually involves West Coast offense and, and such. Different, different, uh, different, uh, uh, different layers of the West Coast offense, different, uh, formulas of it this and that because every coach is different it might be a west coast office but a different formula of a different layer of it this is what kind of yeah i mean i figured this would be a discussion on the show moss does make an ass of himself sometimes that doesn't mean i hate him that doesn't mean i'm gonna just go off on him and say he's the you know he's an ass and he's only the fourth best receiver that's the whole point neither of you are the fourth best receiver randy you're one and two and it's interchangeable i guess Jerry Rice might have been a better teammate, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was kind of a karma thing, the way Moss acted, and saying, I'm getting me a Super Bowl ring, I don't know if it's here or somewhere else, but I'm getting me a Super Bowl ring, and you notice how he never did after he said that, that was uh, when the Vikings got obliterated by the Giants, he said, I'm getting me a Super Bowl ring if it's here or somewhere else, where it made it sound like he doesn't care if it's here, you know, he just, as long as he gets it, you know, that type of thing, that didn't sound good either. Um, I'm not anti-Moss that much, but I don't like the attitude either at times. I I just wish, you know, we love transparency. We love people that speak their mind. We do. Some of the stuff, though, isn't the best. So I'll leave that as is. Randy Moss, you're either number one or number two all time. Jerry Rice, I think, is number one or number two all time. Whatever Moss isn't, Rice is the other at the end of the day, between one and two. Neither one of them should be third or fourth. uh, Just, why do you got to put him lower? Uh, Screw it, you know, he's better. Jerry Rice is better than Terrell Owens. I'm sorry. I think so. Terrell Owens. Come on, man. That guy was nuts. That guy was nuts. Talk about a flake. Viking sign Kicker to practice squad and elevate cornerback. And that was the guy with that funny name. No comments, just a like. Uh, let's get into the game comments. This is about, about, about one quarter of what we've had this year on, on an average show, if even less than that. About a quarter, if not an eighth. That's how reduced it was this week. It was stunning. Stunning. So, Gerald String says, What a, hard fought, uh, was a hard-fought game. Jabriskie always kills us with his feet. Exactly. Don't know why our front can't stay in their lanes when we play them. I, I'm not sure either. But McCurdy saying, And that's the game. Wow, just Wow. Couldn't believe some of the mistakes. Uh, Dave Vicky says, Vikings run defense is getting shredded. And I was saying, that's for damn sure. Uh, yep, Dave Vicky Conklin is on his game today. And he really is. he's been good. Come on, Irv Smith. You got to make that catch. Yep, Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Yeah, that was the one in the end zone that would have really helped, I think. Uh, Dave Vicky says, My Wave says, Dan Bailey looks like a porn star with his mustache. <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. Yep. Brad McCarthy says, okay you would think we would have learned the last Bears game. We can't catch, we can't run up the middle against the Bears. And yeah, exactly. Good, good call there. We really can't. Mike Dale, there he is. Jeez, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Yep, uh-huh. Ah, oh, it's always sad. Sorry, not able to watch today's game. Lots of errands and other stuff I need to get done around the place before Christmas. So, I understand. I understand. Um, yep, I mean that's how it is sometimes. That's how it is. You know, I have a busy schedule. You have a busy schedule. That's how it goes. But hope uh, oh, all is well, Mike. And thank you for checking in. Thank you very much for checking in. Brett McCarthy was saying defense is terrible today, and that's for damn sure. Malcolm McSpeen was saying it's going to be a nail-biter, and it sure was. Uh, Brett McCarthy at the beginning morning in school. Dave Hickey, Iowa. Again, Brett McCarthy's from South Dakota. Says that freaking run on fourth and one didn't work last time, and we do it again. Stupid, and then you do it again. Stupid. Yep, very stupid. I agree with that. Good call there. There was a terrible. Yeah, we're too predictable. You know, again, like the whole Tech Mobile thing. Post game thread. Well, the comments are longer, but the amount of comments is tiny. But uh, those of you that did comment, thank you, thank you very much. Yep, Jesse Ball apparently didn't get too pissed off and leave the page. Thank you for not doing that. I'm glad you stuck around but mccarthy once again says young team defense is horrible today when cousins needed time the o-line failed defense just think if hunter and pierce were here playing tackle and not to mention not to mention eric kendricks is healthy because Kendricks is out too so yes i mean there's a reason why the tackling wasn't there because a lot of main guys were not there uh, and anthony harris has not had a good season he's not living up to that contract i think he's screwed unfortunately I think so. Maybe we can renegotiate maybe we can negotiate a cheaper contract to keep him. But if he wants big bucks, he's probably not getting it. Trey Butholes, welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks as defense didn't want to tackle today and yeah, and again, missing players and the uh the other guys that came in didn't step up too well, though I thought Todd Davis was pretty good. I thought he had his best game as a Viking today. Todd Davis, the former Branco with an with the uh it wasn't an interception but the pass deflection down the stretch. Big play and um, liked what he was able to do. Uh, helping a friend, says Mark Carlson, out of Iowa. I missed all but the last quarter, so I think I don't think I'm qualified to comment on too much. But I will say I don't ever recall this team being deadly with the ball in the last two minutes. That's for sure. Except for in the postseason, that we had that one moment. And then the 49ers the next week reminded us uh, how we just weren't as good as them, I guess. Merry Christmas, which I like hearing, to all of Purple Mafia. I'm looking forward to listening to the Purple Mafia show through the playoffs, and you bet I will be here. Regardless, I'll be here keeping up with Wild Card Week, Division Round, Conference, and Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Fans are not in the building. Purple Mafia will be uh, in this place doing this show. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, I won't be in the building's of any of these games. I wish I could be. I wish I could, but it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. Crowded in the past would be because it's too crowded. I wouldn't go. And, well, I wouldn't even get to do the show hardly. It would take forever to get home. And then, yay, now I can do the show. Plus, well, obviously, getting in a game is like getting in an airport these days. How can you even get in a game? I mean, you gotta go through metal detectors and all that nonsense. And, unfortunately, there's a part of my body that, uh, that, uh, (laughs) Turns on the metal detector, unfortunately, and that's not fun. It's really an annoyance. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that crap. So, we'll continue. That's just a, a deep, dark secret, I guess you could say. Jesse Ball says, as a long-time fan, it's nothing new. It, it really isn't, is it, Jesse? Looking at the bright side, I suppose we should be pleased with having stayed in the hunt for as long as we did, considering the start of, yep, which was 1-5, yeah. Realistically, I want a new head coach and quarterback, and the fact that that isn't going to happen leading to more mediocrity it's sad and I think it's sad also it's just a it's a harsh reality uh cousins is stuck here because of the salary cap hit they just just can't buy him out you can't buy him out Zimmer's got three years remaining on the contract what are you gonna do there i mean it's it's possible but I don't know and and will we actually hire the right guy that's the other thing <laughs> I don't know shoot man I, I don't know um So, where do we go with this one? Where do we go with this show? The Gold Star, the Silver Star, Bronze Star. Man, it's tough. It is tough. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh, man. Uh, hmm. Gold Star for this episode the two guys that kind of kept the comments alive for so long because it was so dead, I'm going to have them share it. Brett McCarthy and Dave Dave Martin, Mad Martin out of of Northern Scotland. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. You guys are going to share the gold star because you kept the page alive for a while there. It was just completely dead. So I was getting scared but luckily people did kind of filter in. Thank God for you guys coming in a little bit and probably more will pop up. I should almost backtrack and check on that sometimes on the next show. Sometimes it's hard that way. Uh, God bless those of you that have stuck around and such. Uh, silver star with gold plates. Got to go to Jesse Ball. Really liked what he had to say. Thank you very much. And just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, I miss so many people. I, yeah, like Leland was so good all year too. I don't know where he went. Dave Vicky's got at least a silver star as well. He's got. A, he's going to get a silver star as well. He was really good. Um, Bronze star. Mark Carlson just for checking in. Mike Dale. I mean, thank you guys. Uh, Malcolm McSween, and I'm going yep, yep, I'm in the season of giving, Gerald String, um, and Trey Buckholz. I mean, all you guys, thank you for commenting. I mean, you're all at least getting a Bronze Star season of giving and just for being a part of this small, small, small commentary. Minimum Bronze Star, guys. I mean, thank you guys so much for being a part of this show and keeping it alive, even during this time when the fan base seems to be kind of like hell with it for the year, kind of checking out for the year, and it's, it's the holiday week, or I like to call it Christmas, I don't like to say holiday, I just don't, just say the whole, just say it, I guess, that's just my point of view, maybe I am I'm not offended by it, I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying Merry Christmas, I would pray that's not the case, because I'll just tell you Happy Hanukkah as well, if you want that, if you want Kwanzaa, I'll say Happy Kwanzaa also, you know, I'll just be, you know, fair and honest, call the holiday as it is, not just the holiday. That's, that's how I see it. Um, not trying to be disrespectful. That's for damn sure. With that said, again, well, Christmas is here. And, well, the middle of my Christmas tree is still not lit up. Because even though I changed the fuse, nothing happened. So I'm not sure what else to do with it. Stupid fake tree. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a real one next year and have real cords. What do you think of that? Or I have to go the LED route. woo like the co- I don't like the look of LED lights. But they don't burn out really they don't burn out that's the thing where the old classic ones do unfortunately weird stuff happens and it's frustrating it's too bad because the classic ones look better but they have issues they burn out on you and they funny things go wrong and and i don't know it's like a big guessing game now maybe one light bulb went out it's causing all this because changing the fuse didn't do anything she uses didn't do anything i've mean, talking about fuses are about as wide as a, uh, about as long as two millimeters maybe three okay maybe it's not that small it's about five uh, it's about five or six millimeters long maybe five i think it's really tiny 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 little thing eight at the absolute max millimeter long as for width it's about two two yep it's unbelievably tiny um that's how small the fuses are for these christmas lights Freaking crazy, man. It's like medical assembly. Basically. But even You know, it's like the, the heart stents. That's how tiny those can be. <laughs> Absolutely insane. So, looks like no white Christmas here. Maybe you got it in Iowa. Maybe you got some snow there. Maybe we'll get some miraculous snow here at the last second. It's There was a, a veil of gray clouds, you know, just that gray sky that usually brings snow, but the forecast isn't saying it. So, that gray kind of came in in the afternoon when I was hanging out after the game for a couple minutes, uh, kind of knocking the little puck around the uh, ice rink just for fun, even without without skates on, because, yeah, I can't skate, really. I just wanted to knock a puck around, and they didn't have any nets up. The ice is there, but no nets. Really? No nets? Aye, come on. Put some nets up, damn it. Come on, Golden Valley. Let's go. Hampshire Park, Golden Valley, put some nets up, will you? <laughs> With that said, I hope all of you have a great Christmas. And, of course... We'll be back on Christmas Day to watch the Minnesota Vikings. Probably not beat the Saints, but maybe they will. At the moment, I'm not having them beat the Saints, but I hope I'm wrong. Uh, well, doesn't matter though. Will they even make the playoffs anyway? Even if we win out, to eight and eight, it's still a crappy record. Mm. You got to get off to a better start than one and five, seriously. And uh, you know, hope for something better than this. <sighs> new coach, new quarterback, I think would be a nice thing. But I guess we'll have to talk about that as we get closer and closer to the off season, and look more and more forward to the month of January and the playoffs, even though, unfortunately, the month of January means the end of the Christmas season. That's the crappy part. I hate to see Christmas season end, but it always does. It always does so quickly. It just flies on by. Uh, the month of December goes by faster than any month the whole the whole year, I think. Honestly, except maybe May, because it's the greatest month ever. And then it just vanishes, and it's it's June already, but... It is what it is. Hope all of you again have a great Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. Take care, and we will talk to you in about five days uh, for some Christmas football.